Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSport.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Hey, good evening, sports fans, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 540. I'm your host, Christopher Jones. We're going to talk some football today. We had an interesting week of football. We had four good games. They were relatively good games, and uh, we're going to break them down. Uh, there's uh, Charles and Will are with me, and Rudy is somewhere. We're not sure. Somewhere in Manitoba, and he may or may not make the show. He says he is, but, you know, we're not there yet. So, anyhow, uh, what's up, what's new, what's wonderful? I'm still really pissed off about the CFL stats or lack thereof. And not only the stats, but just the, you know, the game updates as we're going along. I mean, it was week, it was the third game of a weekend of four games and yet the schedule still hasn't had any games posted. There was no game trackers for us to look at the game before, the game before, or the game before that. They didn't update the stats until Sunday. We'd had football Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Okay? That is just totally unacceptable. You go into the stats page. You have to download a PDF. And you only get the top three. Don't these guys know there's nine teams in the fucking league? And some of us want to look at where our quarterback or their quarterback or somebody else's quarterback is, not just the top three. What moron thought that this was acceptable? Okay? Where are our stats from last year, the year before, and 20 years ago so that we can go look at Marcus Crandall's stats from 2001 and compare it to the Calgary Stampeders season this year. Because that's what Will just said on it before we started, is that this is reminding him a lot of the 2001 series, season. Well, can't we go back and look at that? No, we cannot, because that's no longer important to CFL fans, because the CFL does not believe that we need to look at anything like that. They don't believe that we need to look at anything prior to June we can't even look at last year's Grey Cup results. We can't look at last year's anything. It doesn't exist. This is the most unorganized clusterfuck I have ever seen in my life by an organization this large. I, there, there are no words. You know, I, I, I've explained how they could have done this and why they did it the way they did it and anything else. None of it makes sense. There's no reason why they should keep it up. It's a failure. Go back to the old system immediately and work your way through it, okay? But do you not think that by week eight, if they haven't got their shit together, then we need to get going, okay? I don't know what's going on. I really don't. Anyhow, I hope everything's working. I'm going to open up the mics here right now and talk to the boys and find out they haven't texted me anything. So, uh, hello, how are you? Charles, welcome to the show. 
Thank you very much. How they haven't fixed this that thing is absolutely beyond me. Makes no sense. Unacceptable. Yeah, it's ridiculous. You want to know and you can't get them. And they they don't seem to care. Like any other league would have had this fixed in like a week. No, and the other team would have had this fixed in hours. Yeah. Even if you completely scrapped it and went back to what was there before, it was still better than what we have. Yeah, no, that's correct. Light I mean, years it's ahead of us. Ridiculous. And if you want to view game stats, you got to download a PDF. Why? Don't, don't and this is the thing that they were telling was going to be way better this year, that they were going to be so much better on their stats. They're not better on the stats. No, no, it's not better on the stats. It's downright fucking it's embarrassing. embarrassing. It's me, uh and then people, some people wonder why they don't take the CFL seriously. Look at nonsense like this. No other league would have let this go like this. But the CFL no. just kind of no. hums and hums. Oh, we're going to fix it. We're going to fix it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not and, getting any better. And even the stats are wrong. Yeah, they've been, yeah, there's been all sorts of examples of them putting up stats that weren't right. It's like there's a bunch I mean, of clowns running this. The Elks-Winnipeg game, which is the first game we're going to talk about, Time of possession for the Elks is 26 minutes. Time of possession for Winnipeg is 32 minutes and 25 seconds. There's another minute and 35 seconds that's missing. Who had the ball then? I don't know. Maybe the referee had it and was running around. Or the ball boy. Vanished or something like that. You know, it's not hard to add up to 60. It, it, I, I just it blows the mind, boggles the mind. Uh, William, mm-hmm. get in this conversation. How you doing, my friend? I am fine. You know, I really don't want to talk about this fucking stats thing because it never, it never bothers me until I go to look something up. And today. Seeing as how the Calgary Stampeders traded for Jagarid Davis yesterday, I thought, I wonder how Jagarid Davis has been doing the last four or five years. I've watched him, but I've never looked at the stats. So I go to CFL.ca, where I always go, and all you got to do where we is go. find the player. All you got to do is find the player, and it shows all of his seasons and what he's done. And there is fuck nothing there except for this year. Nothing. It shows mm-hmm. that he's played in five games. That's it. Yep. Okay? What a bunch of crap. And this is a huge, huge failure by you-know-who. And he should lose his fucking job over this. It's ridiculous. That's all i got to say about him. Really, come on. I, 
How can I you not get? How can you not? How can you not get that right? How can you not? How can you not run this fucking thing before you go live with it? You just go live and it doesn't work, and it's like, oh well, we're gonna get it fixed week eight of the CFL, and it's still not fixed. How is that possible? I read. I've read a number. I've read a number of articles on this, and it's a complete clusterfuck. They have no idea what's going on. Hello? My bad. Oh, no problem. Not you. All good. Talking to Will. I was interrupting him. Oh. <laughs> but, but, but it's, a, it's a complete clusterfuck. And I don't know. I, yes. I, I just don't get it. I mean, isn't this a corporation? Don't they have to get these things right? Could you imagine? Could you imagine if the NFL did something like this? Holy oh my God, fuck. There'd be a, there, there'd be a lynching. I know. I know. It's crazy. Don't try that. It's crazy. And 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 the guys who used to do these stats were asked how easy it would be to go back so that we could have stats, and they said it would be easily done. But they've never they've never gotten a call from the CFL to see how easy that would be. So whatever. I'm just I have no I I, I could care less. So, well, that's not I mean, true. you know what? Well, no, no. It was so good before because it was so easy. Even in the middle of our podcast, even in the middle of our podcast, if we're arguing about something, we could go to CFL.ca and look up stats, and that would prove yep. it on the spot. We can't do that anymore. It's no. crazy. Anyway. It's useless. Okay, yeah, we got Rudy back in the mix now. He decided he wanted to come on the show. So he's here. <laughs> Hello, Rudy. Hello. Hello, everyone. Hello. Are we talking about the wonderful the wonderful stats? The the stat system of the uh, CFL seems uh like we're back. Or it's, 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 it's it's yeah. They probably had better tracking in the nineteen sixties and seventies than they do right now. It's kinda of sad. Not a good luck. I don't know. Okay. What's the, oh. Uh, what does what look like? I was just going oh, to ask if there was a, a, a statement made by Ambrosi in the last couple of days about the stats, or is it the same same line? Anything new today? Nothing. Nothing. Okay. We haven't heard. Okay. In all honesty, I, I, if I am, I wouldn't come public with anything, unless I have a definitive time in which it's going to be fixed. I'm just embarrassed, right? And I'm not going to run and hide. Is the best you can do. I, I I don't know what else to say. It's it's it's. Atrocious. 
Okay. Enough of that bullshit. That wasn't on the agenda, was it, Charles? Because I just went on the a rant. Stacks, no. That's fine. Okay. So we had four games this week. Uh, we're going to talk about them. They were all interesting games. Uh, some of them were not as good as what I'd hoped them to be. But, you know, hard to say, oh, well, this was a defensive struggle or this was just a terrible offensive thing. Charles and I got that hard last week. So we're going to see how this goes. Um, the first game up was Edmonton Elk into Winnipeg to play the Bombers. And I honestly thought the Elks played a pretty good game of football, at least the first half. And then the defense started to get tired because the offense really wasn't doing much, and Winnipeg kind of walked away with the game. Now, that's my impression of it. Now, um, if you look at the score, it was 6 nothing, then it was 6-6, six, six, and that's halftime. It was tied at halftime at 6 apiece. And in the third quarter, Elk scored 8 points, and Winnipeg got 15 and in the fourth quarter, Elk scored zero, and Winnipeg scored seven. So, you know, 22 to eight in the second half. Uh, the first half was a wash. Elk held their own. It was a pretty good game of football. Uh, the second half, I actually thought I saw a better Winnipeg team. I actually thought I saw the Winnipeg of old last year, the year before type of playing football again, as opposed to this lackadaisical attitude that they've had this season and, and just barely putting in a, the effort to win a football game, where I actually saw them playing good football. That's my opinion of it. Um, and uh, I, I enjoyed the, watching the Bombers play again. They, they looked hungry. They looked, like, passionate for the game. And they just went out and destroyed the Elks in the second half. Good for them. Bad for the Elks. Feel bad for Edmonton. They are now seven and oh, oh, sorry, zero oh and seven. Zero oh and seven. How's that possible? Didn't we get an zero oh and eight, zero oh and nine once with the uh, Riders? We were having fun with that. I can't have fun with this. I can't nope. pick on the Edmonton fans. It's just it feels wrong. But anyhow, Charles, what's your take on this game? Well, the Elks, like you said, they held their own in the first half. I was surprised because I thought that uh, the Winnipeg was going to come out and run a rough shot over them, but that didn't happen. The Elks actually played quite well, uh, at least on defense. They couldn't really put anything up on offense again. Uh and this is becoming somewhat of a trend for the Edmonton Elks because if you look in a lot of their games, they do play pretty good first half. They, they have for a while now. Uh, yep. But then the, at least the defense does. But when the um, second half comes around, the, the defense starts to burn out. If the offense were on the field more in the first half and having not even necessarily scoring points, but getting some drives in, you know, six, seven, eight plays and not doing a bunch of two and outs, 
this might be a completely different record for the Edmonton Elks right now. Because, honestly, their defense is actually not that bad. But they can't sustain drives on offense. They can't put up any points. And eventually, the defense tires. And when you've got a team as talented as the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, that offense is going to take advantage of it. And that's what exactly happened there, and it's happened before in other teams. And it's just their 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 sad offense that isn't getting any better. Just can't hold them in. Now they stuck around for a while. They got up to fourteen more points this week. And actually, even with that, it was a one-score game until well into the fourth quarter. But they just uh, eventually the gas ran out of the defense, and the Bombers were able to capitalize on it. Uh, it was a bad game for the Bombers. They did they they were good plays already. Right. They, they were kind of wishy-washy in the first half, but they played a, a good second half and actually put up a few more points, putting up 22 points in the second half. But that Edmonton defense was playing them tough until they ran out of gas, and that's the big issue with Edmonton this year. It's their offense. It's got to be better, and I just don't see how it's going to be because they're using the same um, personnel over and over again. They're not giving Trey Ford a chance. Not that Trey Ford is the be-all, end-all, but when nothing else is working, what do you got to lose by starting him? But it uh, doesn't look like, at least for the time being, it's in the cards, so we're just going to have to wait and see. Yeah, it's it, 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 it. I'm I'm really kind of feeling sorry for them, but they're not really helping themselves, and that's kind of sad. Yes. No, they're not. You know, and I, I don't mean fire the coach. I don't mean to. I want Chris Jones to go back to being Chris Jones, because right now he's not being who he is. He's not doing what made him successful. And that was being brutal and firing people. Yeah, he got rid of French, the receiver, and he got rid of a couple other people. But you know what? How do you stick with Dale Cornelius? You know, you, if, if you've got guys that are not performing, get rid of them. Uh, in, it, we harassed him with, and, and, and totally in Saskatchewan for being a revolving door on the team, but it worked. You're bringing guys out left and right. It worked. And what he's doing now is not working. So, I don't know. William. William, William. Yes. I think you guys have just spent way, way... I think you guys have just spent way, way, way too much time on this fucking game. Okay? I can sum it up in real short. Edmonton is an atrocious football team. They don't have an offense. Their defense might be okay, but we'll never know. Chris Jones needs to be fired, which is not going to happen. And and this team could be, I don't think it will happen, but holy shit, they could go without a win this year. They really could. They're that bad. So I, I, 
wow, they need to do something because this could. <laughs> if I was an Edmonton fan, I would never go to a football game. But I'd be suing. Yeah, I don't know what else to say about them. It's 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 an atrocious. It's atrocious. It really is. So, and I still don't think. I still don't think that. Um, what's his name is that bad of a quarterback, to be honest with you. I just don't think Taylor he's that either. direction from anybody. From direction from good. anybody. I don't think I, he's I that don't bad. That Nobody can be that bad. Nobody can be that bad. Once again, if Marcus fucking Crandall can win a great cup, this guy, Cornelius, should be able to win a game. But, you see, and the worst thing about Cornelius is he's played... 37 games and he's won four or five like come on how bad do you have to be to get fired I know don't tell me don't tell me there's not another bunch of fucking quarterbacks or there are hey I got a great idea I know I know Trey Ford if you just work a little harder in practice maybe you can get on the roster Holy fuck, are you kidding me? Anyways, that's all I got to say. I, I have nothing to say about Winnipeg. They're still in the top three in the CFL, and they will be for the whole year the way the rest of the teams are going. I think they're going to lose a couple more games, so we'll see what happens. So um, let's talk to Rudy right now about this game, because this being a Winnipeg fan, you know it's like to lose on a long long-term scale so how do do you see or got any advice to the Edmonton fans well this is man this is like wine bold stuff uh yeah you know what you just go to the games and enjoy you just enjoy the free the free tickets um you don't have to worry about the games you just go and have beers with your buddies wherever and you don't have to worry you don't you don't fret you're not worried you're not nervous about a great cup game or a or a West final, it's kind of not the worst way to live for a bit. It does get a bit, you know, embarrassing at a certain point, but there are some perks to uh, not having to fret about games. But uh, I will say their defense, you know what, I think their defense can't surprise Winnipeg in the first half, and Winnipeg, I think, thought it was maybe walk, and they kind of look still a little bit lackadaisical, but like uh, like Chris said, uh, you know what, Winnipeg kind of had, had enough of it in the second half, and put them away, but uh, I think Edmonton will win a game this year. I think they're going to somehow, their defense will win a game. They'll get two safeties and maybe they'll beat Saskatchewan 4-3 to three or something like that. But, but uh, it's not good for the league when a team's that, that inept. I mean, it's, uh, it's a tough look. It's, it's funny for a year because Edmonton, you know, I mean, they had those five great cups in a row and you know, they've had nothing but success. So, you know, for one year, you know, them being three and fifteen is kind of fun, but we're talking this is what, the third year in a row of them being horrid. It's not a good look. It's not healthy for the league, and you have an owner that's interested, so you know, invested. So hopefully things turn around next year. And uh, as for the bombers, you know what? They still, I still, they still haven't hit their stride. I'm hoping that second half kind of got them going, and I think. Next week against BC, we'll see what uh, what they can do against a, a good Lions team. So, 
looking forward to that game. I will be in attendance. You know, looking at the standings right now, Edmonton has not surrendered the most amount of points in this league. It's Hamilton. Okay? Edmonton hasn't well, they have scored points, but Montreal has only, only scored one more point than Edmonton has. And Montreal has two wins. Tough one. I think if you averaged it out on how many games they've played, Winnipeg and Edmonton still haven't had a bye, so uh, I guess they're coming up onto that this week. Uh, Winnipeg gets their bye and Edmonton the week after, I kind of hope, or whatever. Toronto's had two. That's ridiculous. Montreal's had two. Right, who fucking wrote the schedule? The, the person who wrote the schedule is probably the moron who's fixing the stats page. Uh, no response to this. Okay, so finish this up. Edmonton 14, Winnipeg 28. Total score of 42. Everybody picked Winnipeg. Charles, you got 116. Will, you got 140. You're off by a point, brother. Uh, CJ got 110. And Rudy got 100 and, uh, 120. A good game, good call. Uh, everybody was pretty much in the ballpark with a score. Awesome. Good thing. Uh, second game, uh, Friday Night Football, saw the Toronto Argonauts travel down to Hamilton to play the Ticats. And this is probably where Charles and I are going to disagree again. I thought this was a terrible football game. I really didn't like the way the Argos played football. They won the game, but they don't look like the dominant force that a 5-0 and team should be. That's kind of my opinion. Okay? Um, they, they, yes, Hamilton was hapless, but they got – 15 points? No. Yeah. I don't know what to say about this game. I do like Chad Kelly. He is playing some nice football for being a rookie. Uh, He is looking pretty good. Uh, We'll see what happens. I think they're going to have a little bit more of a tough time this week in uh, in, in, Saskatchewan. I think Saskatchewan is going to be a little bit more of a challenge than Hamilton. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, Rudy, let you go first on this game. Toronto, Hamilton. You know, I caught parts of this game. And, uh, I, yeah, like you said, Toronto is basically in cruise control. And Hamilton was never going to win this game. And he, I think Toronto is very beatable. They got hot last year at the right time and uh, won a great cup, which happens. But they haven't been tested yet this year, and I think in the second half they're going to lose some games. But, uh, I mean, I think Hamilton Hamilton hung tough, but I, I think Hamilton will not make the playoffs. I think Ottawa is going to will make the playoffs in the East. So I think Hamilton's in for a long season. And I understand Bo Levi Mitchell is close to coming back, so... 
He might be their only yeah, chance. No, I don't know. And that's not a good thing. He, he <laughs> that's not saying that. Season, right? Yeah. <laughs> it was not a good start for him. So, yeah, I mean, Hamilton's not good. And I don't know what the situation is with Stein or they fire him. Or is it going to be like Edmonton where they can't afford to fire him? So I'm not sure where they're at with their, uh, with their management cap. So I think uh, I think the team needs to reset. I think Hamilton has never been the same since the uh, the loss at home in the Grey Cup. I think they've they got stale, and that was their shot to win the Grey Cup. And I think they need to overhaul everything: coaching, coaching staff, players. Start from scratch. Not scratch, but you know what I mean. That's, that's my thought on, you, on you where did, Hamilton is right did now. You know that Ottawa is in second place in the East, right? Yeah. We'll get to the Ottawa. I mean, Ottawa is a great story, but they've also given up 75 points in the last two games. So they're not like a defensive juggernaut. Offensively, yeah, they've, Ottawa looks really good, but defensively they're still a bad, bad, bad team defensively. So it'll be interesting how that goes. Yeah. I mean. Jake. William. Toronto Hamilton. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Toronto Hamilton. Okay. So, (laughs) you know what? Toronto, Toronto is a good football team. You, you say they're they're not. You have their doubts, but they're still they're still in the top three in the CFL, for sure. Okay, and give them a little bit of confidence. You'd be shocked at what they're going to do. They have a good football team. They got good coaching staff. So and they got good players. Um, this is ha- the coaching staff have- that you and I both yeah. said. Yeah, fired midway through last season, and yeah, they ended up winning your grade. You say that about everybody at least once a season, okay? And 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 the only reason I say that about that coaching staff is I'm pissed off that they have that coaching staff. Is half that coaching staff are ex-Calgary coaches, and I Correct. don't think, as I was talking before the show. I don't think Calgary retained the right coaches. Okay. No, they kept Dave Dickinson and let Ryan Dinwiddie go. I I look at, no, I I don't like Ryan Dinwiddie. I never will. Okay. Ryan Dinwiddie is smart because he stole the right people from Dave Dickinson. Okay. But I look at, I look at, at the, the fucking incredible shitty, fucking D-backs the Stampeders have and the coach that they have. And there's Josh Bell who coaches for Toronto. And I have no idea why he's still not in Calgary. Okay. No idea. Anyways, I'm, I'm getting off the track here. Let's go back to Toronto Hamilton. You know what? I'm surprised Orlando Steinhauer still has a job. Yep. Me too. Because this team has not, this team has not looked good. Their offense has not looked good. Uh, okay, so why does he still have a job? 
and does he have one more win or two more wins and then he's gone or two more losses and then he's gone? I would fire him. Well, he's two and four. That's just me. Yeah, but that's a pretty good record in the East. <laughs> it, it's not a bad record in the East. No, you know, it's not. Get some, get some position. Yeah, um, but I look but, at the players. I look at the players they have on defense, and they should not be two and four. And there's a problem there. Okay, I don't know what it is. Their offense, I can't talk about their offense because they don't have a quarterback. No. They do not have a quarterback. And that's not and their so, fault. They had three or four of them. I mean, are you in trouble when you sign Anthony Pipkin? Oh, my God. Yeah. It's like signing Drew Willie, for Christ's sake. But, and you know, Drew you Willie say that they're better defense. than Anthony Pipkin. <laughs> yes. yes. You say their defense is is solid, yet they've given up the most points in the CFL. I know, I know, but it also it doesn't matter how good your defense is, your defense gets tired, and I think they've been on the field a lot. I mean, I'd love to see the comparison of they've let the most points in. How much time have they been on the field? I'd like to know that stat. Compared to everybody, yeah, I don't else. know if we back in those stats because you know it's. Uh, I don't. I don't know if they do either. <laughs> Good luck. You can't yeah, find rushing but, yards most of the time. Let's put it this way: <laughs> Hamilton has to be, in my mind, because I picked Hamilton as second, I think, this year. Hamilton has got to be the biggest disappointment of the CFL season, but. It is only week eight, guys. There's still ten. I know weeks it still. is week eight. You know, we said it's oh, it's only week four, week five, week six. It's now week eight. Right. You know, and, right. and Hamilton is not the biggest disappointment of the season because I said they were going to be an awful football team, and you guys all ganged up on me, and I changed my opinion a little bit, but. They, they, they. I thought they were going to be awful, and they are. Okay, I'm going to mute for a minute. You guys talk. I'm done, Charles. So yeah, continue on. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm actually not going to differ with um, CJ on this one. This was not a very good football game. Uh, at no time were the um, Hamilton Tigers actually ever a threat to win this game. Toronto wasn't the dominant force, but they didn't have to be because this team is uh, at the point where um, you can pretty much beat them uh, with, even if you're not on top of your game. That's how poor they are. Sorry, but it's just just a fact. Uh, they're just not getting it done. This, this team, I'm of the opinion, too, that I'm sorry, Alonda Steiner should not be uh, – still coaching that team. Uh, they would be a far, far better off if they, I think, if they were to hand the team reins over to Scott Milanovic, an experienced head coach who's won a great cup in the past, who's right there on your sideline already. I'm not sure whether, I guess, it's, I mean, it's the coaching cap. It's a stupid coaching management cap 
which is one of the dumbest things the CFL has ever done, but, you know, that list is getting longer by the day. Uh, Toronto, you know, has looked good. I mean, this might have been one of the games, actually, that they look less good than they have every other week. But, again, when you're playing a team like Hamilton, who appears to be a bottom feeder this year, uh, you don't have to play a top-notch game, uh, uh, an error-free game to beat them. You can probably get in, get away with playing a good quarter and a half, and you're going to knock this team off. So uh, it's not good. The um, Tiger Cats are kind of in a similar spot. The, the Elks are, even though the Tiger Cats have won, I think, a game or two. But, hey, like we said, Eastern Conference, they're two and four, I believe, Hamilton right now. And they're like two points away from hosting a playoff game, as ridiculous as that sounds. But Hamilton's not playing well. Toronto's a good football team. They're in the top three. There's the big three, and I've said it before, BC, Winnipeg, Toronto, and then there's everybody else. And then there's the Elks uh, sitting there in the basement pretty much all by themselves because as bad as teams like Hamilton are and so on, they're not nearly as bad as uh, that tire fire called the Edmonton Elk. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I had on this one. I don't know. CJ, are you back now? Yeah, I'm back. Okay. So, here, let, okay. let me put this out. If you have a uh, assistant head coach, offensive coordinator, and quarterback coach who won two Grey Cups, then became a head coach and won a Grey Cup, was coach of the year and he's sitting in the wings and you're having this guy continue to coach your football team, which is two and four. Why would you not put a coach of the year in place? Why do you have him on your payroll? If you're not willing to let him coach, I'm talking about Scott Milanovic, obviously, right? The guy has a resume. I I like Orlando Steinauer. I always have. I thought he'd make a great head coach. He has not. He he just simply has not. And it's yes, he's fought to the Grey Cup three times or something like that. But it's not hard in the Eastern Division. It's not. It's this is God, I don't know. Why is there people in power in this league that can't see the fucking obvious. Anybody answer that? Because I, I, I can't figure it out. I can't figure out why the board of directors still has um, Randy Ambrosi as the commissioner. I can't figure out why Orlando Steinauer is still a coach. I can't figure out why Craig Dickinson is still a coach. I can't figure out why Dave Dickinson is still a coach. I, I, I don't understand. These are, these are intelligent people that are running these organizations, and they're doing dumbass shit. Okay. Everybody went on this game here, so let's uh, close it off. Toronto 31, Hamilton 15. Total point score of 46. Everybody picked Toronto to win. So, Charles, you got 138 points. Will got 132. CJ got 138. 
and Rudy got 136. There we go. Third game up, Saturday, was the Saskatchewan Rough Riders into BC to play the Lions. Now, this was the first game that, or sorry, this wasn't the first game. This was a game in which BC's starting quarterback, uh, Vernon Adams, got injured. And I think that was in the second quarter? I'm not, I, don't, I don't remember. Anyhow, Dane Evans came in in relief. He actually played a better game of football than what Vernon Adams had so far. I'm a little distraught over this game. Is I, I don't think it was a good game at all. It was a great defensive game. Both defenses played. BC's defense was lights out. They did, you know, shit, what did they Saskatchewan get 16 yards rushing or something like this, 19 yards rushing in the whole game. Uh, the longest pass was like six yards for, for a, quite some time, and that was the majority of the passing was like three yards, six yards, and no yak yards at all. They got stomped on. BC's defense stood on its head, but their offense just wasn't able to move the football as well as they should have or could have. Uh, Saskatchewan's offense was in nets with Mason Fine in there. I don't know what, how anybody is holding on to any hope of that one. Uh, Trevor Harris is gone for the season, and they're stuck with Mason Fine. Uh, this one's just going down, down the hill real fast. I don't see any hope for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And the only thing that they've got, to their credit, Right now is they've got three wins, which is three wins more than Edmonton. That's the only saving grace is keeping them out of the basement. Uh, and I don't th- I think they're just – I'd be surprised they win any more football games this year. Or do they probably play Hamilton or Montreal or somebody, maybe even some more against Edmonton. <sighs> Deep side. Um, William, you started this one off. BC and Saskatchewan, go for it. I'm sorry, I did not get a chance to watch that game at all. Okay. And uh Really? I thought I I thought I I thought I had TVR'd it, but I didn't apparently because I was going to watch it after the fact, so I can't tell you a thing about the game. BC won. <laughs> That's all I can tell you. And I thought BC would win because they've been doing that all year. So Yeah. And they did get Dane Evans some playing time, and I've heard, I heard Dane Evans is playing this week. Is that correct? That's then correct. At first they didn't think. At first they didn't think what's his name injury was that serious. Uh, probably is not if he's if he's not on the sixteenth. So I heard I've heard that he still still might dress this week, but as. If he does, he will be third string because they said that Dave Evans is going to start and Don McDavis will be number two. All right. Which I'm actually in favor of. He shouldn't be playing. He has knee strain with no ligament or tendon damage whatsoever. It's just basically a strain. A strain. And uh, it had a bit of a pinched nerve which seems to have settled down. And that's kind of what I have heard from it. And the answer to this is they're playing Edmonton. 
they don't really need, they can afford to let him rest. Dane Evans should be able to yeah. handle Edmonton the way they're playing. Whole different story the week after that when they play Winnipeg. We'll see what happens then. Okay. Charles. I honestly saw parallels in this game. Uh, I saw parallels in this game to the Winnipeg-Edmonton game where basically um, Saskatchewan, the defense is not terrible, much like Edmonton. I think their defense isn't awful. They've got some good players on defense. Their offense is just, well, it wasn't all that good with Trevor Harris, but with Mason Fine, it's that much worse. Um, I had some people say, oh, Mason Pye played pretty well. Mason Pye played pretty well. I didn't think he played all that well. I mean, he threw two really bad interceptions at really bad times. And I'm just not, I've never been a Mason. I've seen Mason Pye play before. I was never a fan of him before. Uh, I don't think he's all that uh, good, good as a quarterback. I mean, he can, I guess. He's adequate, but he just they couldn't move the ball very well at all the other night. They only got six. They couldn't even get into the end zone once. And the Lions, I mean, they weren't great this one either. I, I was not impressed, especially early on with the play of the Lions' offensive line. First, of course, uh, Vernon Adams gets taken out, and then uh, Dane Evans. He got uh, he had some rough moments too, and he was on the right. I thought this was maybe the weakest I've seen the Lions offensive line this season, so hopefully they get that short up. And the offense, I mean, the fact is your starting quarterback goes down, almost always your offense is going to have to have an adjustment period and then they're going to have their struggles because you play all week, you practice all week, you don't practice for the most part with Dane Evans thinking Dane Evans is going to be the quarterback. Yeah, he might get a few reps with him, but most of the reps you're going to be taking are going to be taken with Vernon Adams as the quarterback. And when he goes down and you got to play full-time with uh, um, Dane Evans, you're going to have some adjustments because they're different types of quarterbacks. So that I don't think helped, um, although I do think Evans got better as the game went along. I think the offensive line got better as the game went along. They didn't play great, obviously. They got the win, which is what counts. It was an ugly win. Hey, sometimes you're going to win ugly. That's part of the, they're not going to be 18 masterpieces. And uh, I don't think the Lions played as well as they could, much like I could say about the Bombers and the Argos this week. But they played well enough to get past a, a weaker team, let's, let's face it. So glad the Lions got the win. I know they can play better than that. I think most of us will agree that they can play better than that. And the Riders are kind of a mess. Their defense um, is going to have to keep them in games and probably going to have to put up some points themselves if Saskatchewan wants any shot at winning another game this year. Well, their special teams have scored a few amount of points this season, but BC special teams yeah. have literally shut them down. They so, were great at containing Mario Alford, who had so just come off a game where he scored two punt return touchdowns. So, a very good game for the Lions special teams. Yeah. And you, you know, a good team, different areas of it will step up at 
different times uh, or all the time. They find ways to and the, the, the special teams for BC was probably the best of the units out there. Uh, and, and the defense was amazing. I was not impressed with defense the offense. I really wasn't. Yeah. yeah. No, they, they, were, they had a weak game. Yeah. Uh, we'll point out hey, now, that's we're... the third time now, in, before we go into further, that's the third time now in six games that the Lions have not surrendered, Lions defense has not surrendered a touchdown. Half of their games so only, far. Only five this year. Only five touchdowns yeah. all year. That's amazing. Okay, and and that and the one game that they shit the bed with Toronto. Yeah. Okay, Rudy, your shot at this game. Um. Yeah, you know, BC was a little bit disjointed after the uh, VA injury, but I think Evans is still a very capable quarterback, and they don't lose a lot with uh, Evans starting. Um, just, I mean, VA extends play to his legs, so that would be the main thing I would think is the difference. But, uh, I mean, Saskatchewan hung tough, but they're exactly where I thought they'd be this year. I think they're fourth best in the West, and they're playing like it, so... I don't think they're capable of much more. It doesn't really matter who their quarterback is. I think they're going to be 6-12, and 7-11 this year. I mean, they put up a decent fight. But like you said, BC, you know, it's a long season, 18 games, and, and you're not going to be at your best in all 18. So I think BC had one of those games too. They just kind of went through the motions. But they were never worried about losing this game. And, uh, I mean... It's a hard game to play if you're BC, I think. When you play a team, you're just that much better than... Not hard, but... You know, you're, you're not... You're never, the, the urgency isn't there. And that's where I think... That's where the game was closer than it, we thought it was going to be. Okay. So, final score was BC 19, Saskatchewan 9. Again, three field goals. Uh, we all pick BC to win. We all get 100 points in there. Uh, but this was a really, really, really low-scoring game. And I don't know how Will got 16 points for his pick. Because I think that was too far off. Anyhow, it is. Um, Charles got 100. Will got 116. CJ got 100. And Rudy got 100 for this game, okay? So, and, you know, we did we all, all seriously all pick exactly the same things all game? Week seven? Pretty much. Yeah. I think it's in the last game. Winnipeg, no, we all picked Calgary. Yeah, I'm just looking back at the score sheet. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we did. We we all picked identical games, and then it was just a matter of our points difference. So this one's going to kind of suck. No change in, in our standings. Um, the last game, that, which was the Ottawa-Calgary game, now this was an extremely exciting back-and-forth, high-scoring football game. It it was fun to watch. I think the lead change happened like eight times. 
It was it was just a good back and forth game of football. It went to overtime, and it didn't go to double overtime, did it? It just was single overtime. <laughs> and it, yeah. uh, it it was just it was a good game of football. Unfortunately, I honestly believe that this game of football, and I've said this before, uh, was lost by the Calgary coach. He made some dumbass decisions, in my opinion, and he left points on the board where he could have taken them. If he had taken, he went for two or three um, two-point conversions that failed when he should have just kicked for a one point. Yes, I know the uh, converts are not guaranteed anymore, but he has one of the most uh, accurate kickers in the CFL. And that guy doesn't miss converts or very rarely. You would have taken those single points. Any one of those single points would have won the game in regulation time. And then he tried a third down gamble, which was totally unnecessary at the time. And it failed instead of kicking a field goal for three. So, you know, and I... Yes, I'm harping on this, and I just don't like Dave Dickinson as a coach. I never have. I don't think the Calgary Stampeders are as good a football team with him as the coach as when John Huffnagel was coaching. And, yes, everybody gets old and everybody has to move on. But if you look at the Calgary record since he's been the coach, it's slowly progressed downhill. Not quite the downhill spiral that his brother Craig Dickinson has had in in Regina but it's still the same the team is not as good now as it was last year as it was the year before as it was the year before and yes he's won a great cup no doubt about it but that was a different team and that team is gone and it's slowly going down now that he's the GM and the coach this whole shit show is his responsibility it falls at his feet, and it's not a good. It's not a pretty sight right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sad that the Calgary Stampeders Peters are not the dominant force that I thought they would be. Will said that they were going to be a terrible team this year. He's not wrong. I'm going to throw this one at you, William. You get to start this game. It was it was an exciting game. You probably did enjoy it sitting in Calgary. No, I, no, no, no. I don't enjoy games like that. Fuck. I enjoy games when it's sixty to nothing for Calgary. That's the games I enjoy because you know they're going to win those games. Okay. I, 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 sorry, I didn't enjoy the game. Um, I, I, I'm extremely critical of Calgary this year. Okay, their defense was supposed to good. They be good. They fucking sucked. Okay, when you let in forty three points, you fucking suck. Okay, their defense couldn't Our stop team. anybody. Uh, their defense couldn't stop anybody. They they, you know what? You can talk about coaching all you want, but the coaches aren't on the fucking field. And as far as kicking singles go, Rennie Paradise missed his first single, okay? So maybe that's why they went for two points all day long, all right? Because he's notorious for missing singles. 
He can kick fucking 53-yard field goals, but don't even get me started on fucking kickers. Anyways, um, I don't care if he kicked 2,000 field goals, okay? He's still a kicker, not a real football player. Anyways, um, yeah, bottom line, doesn't matter how many points they scored, how many points the other team stopped, they still lost the game. The only stat that matters is two points at the end of the game, period, end of story. I don't care if Jake Bear threw for 450 yards. You know who Jake Bear yeah. reminds me of? You know who he reminds me of? And I didn't like this guy as a quarterback. I never liked him as a quarterback. Jake Mayer reminds me of Dave Dickinson. Okay? He does. He's fucking vanilla. Okay? And I don't like vanilla. Okay? I want want a fucking arrogant asshole back there. I don't want a guy who doesn't have an ego... And and I just I just don't like Jake Mayer as a quarterback. He just doesn't do it for me. Sorry. And what I don't think that? he's going to be. If he wins a great cup in the next two years, he'll still be here. But if not, I think he'll be gone. And they're probably they're probably scouring the world as we speak for another quarterback. To be honest with you, because he's just not a Calgary quarterback. Think of the Calgary quarterbacks we've had in the past years. We had Bo Levi Mitchell. We had ah, Smiling Hank. We had Jeff Garcia. We had those those guys were arrogant fucking assholes, and they were great quarterbacks. I'm sorry, I'm looking for an arrogant asshole. Is there anybody out there? Continue. So. Here's where Calgary dropped the ball, literally, figuratively. 38 yards rushing on 13 attempts, 2.9 yards average, 2.9 yard average. But only 13 attempts. Run the ball. Oh, sorry, and I didn't, I didn't get a chance to say, like, okay, did you watch the Ottawa-Winnipeg game? Did you know this crumb guy was going to run the ball? Why didn't you have somebody spying this guy from the very beginning of the fucking game? It took them till halfway through the third quarter before they had one guy spying on crumb wherever he went. Like, come on, guys. (laughs) Again, it goes back to my statement is, why is it so fucking obvious to us and it's not to the people that matter? I'm not going to disagree with you, but they're not going to fire Dave Dickinson because Dave Dickinson would find six jobs tomorrow morning, okay? I don't know where. Where would Dave Dickinson be? I coach. I, I hear there's a job at Edmonton that, that that's probably up for grabs. Um, I don't I'm think pretty sure there's a job. Uh, sorry, go ahead. I don't think there is. I do. Not with the management cap. They just, they, just, they just can't afford it. No, they just can't afford it. That's the only reason. Hamilton has Rob Milanovic. 
Yeah, but you never know. Scott Milanovic is so flaky. If he gets offered a job in the NFL, he might run away. So I would take I mean, Scott Milanovic in a heartbeat over Dickinson. Yeah, but Scott Milanovic hasn't been in the CFL for fucking five years. Come on. It's changed. Why isn't he a head coach somewhere else? Why 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 was the only place he could get a job in in uh in Hamilton as an assistant? Because everybody had coaches. And Dave Dickinson has been a success as a head coach and you can't you can't argue that because so his had, record speaks for itself. So, uh, so had uh What's his name? Benavini. Fair enough. No, as an assistant. Oh, not as a head coach. Five. Not as a head coach. He sucked as a fucking head coach. He was horrible as a head coach. Of course he was. Benavini? He got fired. But he got fired with a winning record. Okay? How many coaches over their career? have got fired with a winning record. Yeah, but that's not it's it's not the same thing. No. Mike Benavidi's uh record is nowhere near as good as Dave Dickinson's as a head coach. I'm not comparing them the same as a caliber. I'm just I'm comparing a scenario. They both took over good teams that were left to them by somebody who was an amazing individual in this sport. And they've slowly taken that. Dave Dickinson slowly took it down the rabbit hole. And Mike Benavides did it quicker. Craig Dickinson did it Mm -hmm. quicker. But they all did the same thing. They've all destroyed the teams that were once great. Yeah, but you know what? You can you can think that all you want, and you can say Hoffnagel was a better head coach, blah blah blah. But prove it. But in re- but in reality, Christopher, John Hoffnagel still runs that fucking team. Every decision still goes through John Hoffnagel, up until this year. And, and I'm not Every disputing that or decision. denying that. But at the end, the greatest coach in CFL history was destroying the football team in BC. Wally was terrible uh-huh. in his last three or four years. Yeah. Right, he was. Whether he lost touch, whether he lost the ability to, to coach or, or, or build a football team, whether he went senile, I don't know what it was, but that football team was not as good under Wally Buono as it was ten years earlier. Of course not. But guys get complacent. So it's the same thing with John Huffnagel. Yes, he may still control the reins, but is he putting in the effort? Is is the game gone by him? What's the answer? So so then I'm thinking I'm thinking that maybe Calgary does too. Maybe Huffnagel has to leave. Maybe Dickinson has to. What I'm thinking is it does you no good to hold on to a guy for 10 or 15 years. Players or coaches. Because they do get... Right, because they do get 
they do get they do get complacent. They do start reading their own headlines. I don't think they're as hungry. All of those things. All of those things. Okay. I hungry mean, has always been the model. Model franchise to follow. Always. Has been for the last fifteen years. Okay, as long as you qualified that with the last them. fifteen as long as you qualified that with the last say, let's say since two thousand and eight. Okay. That's about fifteen years. Yeah, it is. When John John Hefnagel took over. And for about five or seven years when Wally was here. Okay? Yeah. I mean, at BC, you can look at it to, to the, almost to the day that Bobby Apples took over, this team turned around. Okay? Anyhow, let's finish this up. Ottawa Anyways, 43, look. Calgary 40. Did everybody get to talk on this game? No, Rudy no, didn't get to go. I don't think Rudy did. Rudy. No, I didn't get I just I'm listening, I'm listening to you guys rant. I think you're a bit hard on Mayer. I think he's he showed well the last couple games, so there is some hope offensively uh, for Calgary. Both teams defensively were a disaster. So, I mean, I know Ottawa fans are excited about Crum, which they should be, but their defense is still a joke. I mean, they had no back. They, it was like Mayer was just throwing the ball over the, over the line of scrimmage, and there was nobody there. I've never seen anything like it. I don't even know what defense that what they were trying to accomplish i i somehow calgary managed to bungle the game away and that's that's like you guys are correct dave dickinson once again outthought himself and he he has a history of that every once in a while he gets he i don't know he doesn't see the forest for the trees i'm not sure why he gambled on third and three when you have a field goal or you can pin them deep. Instead, he gave the ball back to Ottawa at midfield and they took full advantage of it and they got themselves back in the game. So uh, disappointing if you're a Calgary fan because uh, the players deserve two points in that game. But uh, you know what? Give this crumb kid credit anyways. I mean, it's good for the CFL. Everybody's talking about a quarterback shortage. And uh, so, I mean, it's good to have a... Have some have some quarterbacks that are looking uh, like legitimate starters in this league. So, anyways, that's about it. You guys covered it uh, fairly well, I would say. You guys talked enough about this game, so we can go on to our uh, go let's, on to the. Let's uh, close it off here. This was topic. Ottawa forty, Calgary forty-one in overtime. Calgary did score a touchdown but did not get the two-point conversion. Ottawa did score a touchdown and did get the two-point conversion and won it by two points. Total score was 84. We all picked Calgary to win. We all got zero points. We all went mid-range. Nobody came close to 84 points. So everybody got zeros on this game for everything, straight across the board. Okay, so that's that. Let's see how we ended up with the – panelist score. Um, CJ came out with 348. I was the low man of the week. Charles, you had 354. Rudy had 356. And Willie had 388. So for the year, we now have CJ in the lead at 2198, just under 2200. 
You have Charles at 1972, Rudy at 1776, U.S. Independence Day. And, Will, you have uh, 1524. That's our standing. So let's go on to the next game or this week's games. And we have four exciting games. In my opinion, they should be good games. Uh, we have Hamilton in Ottawa. We have Saskatchewan in Toronto. We have BC into Edmonton and Calgary into Montreal. Wow. Couple, couple tough ones to pick here. Let's first off, we're going to do the Hamilton-Ottawa game. Charles, this is in Ottawa. Frank Clair Stadium at Lansdowne Park. Who's going to win this game? Hamilton, Ottawa. Charles. You're talking. I'm not hearing. You have to go see if he's still online or did he mute himself? He's still online. He's not muted at this end. Charles, are you here? Can anybody hear me? I yeah, I can. You. Okay, Rudy, you go on this game until we figure out what's the matter with Charles. And uh, the other thing is, um, uh, can you hear me now? Yes. Oh. Yeah. Okay, I can hey, hear you. Will, now. you were saying something? What was it? I. What? Never mind. All I was said was Charles, me. take your All care. I said. Us, Go ahead, Charles. Give us Hamilton. Okay, so, yeah. So, honestly, uh, this one's a pretty easy pick for me. Um, Hamilton's just not a good football team right now at all. Ottawa is quickly rising. They're on a roll, back-to-back big wins. Now, their defense is a little bit suspect, though. They gave up a lot of points, but they're coming off wins over Winnipeg and Calgary emotional wins, and Hamilton is just kind of bottom-feeding right now. I'm going to have to go with Ottawa on this one. I think this is an easy pick for me. Ottawa's the better team right now. Ottawa's going to win this one. I think it's obvious, uh, and they're going to – I think Ottawa's going to win substantially. And they've been a couple close ones. I think Ottawa wins this one in a lap where they're really gelling and coming together. So I think Ottawa's going to win this one. Uh, I, like I said, I don't think it's going to be particularly close. So I'll take Ottawa and 52 points. Okay. William. I don't know what to say. I need to make up ground. I can't remember. Maybe somebody can refresh my memory. When was the last time Ottawa won three games in a row? Tony Gabriel won three Well, no, they did have some good seasons <laughs> since Tony Gabriel, but um, I, I, yeah, I was thinking I'd go out on an edge on this one, but nah, I can't do it. Maybe a letdown. Gonna, maybe maybe let. Maybe a letdown game. <laughs> Yeah, well, emotionally, I mean, fucking Ottawa's defense was horrible. But then again, Hamilton, who's Hamilton's quarterback this week? Is it Bo? Is it going to be Bo? 
She's practicing. She's practicing. Look out, guys. I don't think you've ever made it actual enough, but I think it's going to be Powell. Okay. Maybe maybe it could be something. I for sure. Never know. Anyways, um, I'm going to pick Ottawa 41. 41? Yep. Okay. We'll get there. Rudy, what you got? My big contingent that Ken Hobart isn't starting for Hamilton. And then if that's not the case, then I'll, I'll stick with Ottawa. Ottawa 46. It's going to be closer than everybody thinks because Ottawa's still an East team. And you know what? They won two games in a row. I'm kind of a believer, but that defense, I think, uh, has a lot of holes in it. So that'll keep Hamilton kind of close, even though Hamilton, you know, struggling putting points on the board. But, yeah, 47, Ottawa. Okay. Well, I'm I'm taking Ottawa. I wrote that down before anybody said anything. Um, I kind of want to go with 60 points, but I'm just – I'm going, where are they going to come from? That means that Ottawa would have to score 40 points and, and, and Hamilton 20. I don't think Hamilton's going to score 20 points. I don't think Ottawa's going to get another 40 games. So I'm going to go the other way, and I'm going to say 39. I'm going to take it low, but not that low. We'll see what happens there. Uh, the second game is uh, – God – Hard for me to pick, easy for me to pick, but it's Saskatchewan into Toronto. And I am just sick and tired of Toronto fans. I want this team to lose. Okay? I this just, game's in Halifax, I, right? I don't, they're playing in Halifax. Yes. This is a touchdown as well. I, I just I want Saskatchewan to go in there and absolutely mop the floor with them. There's nothing in my soul that says that this is going to happen. Nothing. Mason Fine is not going to go in there and destroy the Toronto Argonauts defense. It's not going to happen. I cannot believe... I can't do it. I can't can't pick Saskatchewan to beat Toronto here. Um, But I want it to happen. And I don't think I've ever wanted Saskatchewan Rough Riders to win a game more than I do right now, just to shut the Argo fans up. And and it's 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 the I don't understand why teams like the Riders, like the Bombers, like the Argos get a little bit of success and they literally get abusive in their nature. Of, of how great their football team is, and I just I don't get it. I don't understand it. Um, you know, you got to stay humble. And uh, right now, the Argos are not. Their fans are, are are just they're crazy because they're the best football team in the CFL, and I don't believe they are. I wouldn't even say they're number two. They're without question the best Eastern team. But anyhow, I'm gonna leave that one alone, Rudy. Pick your team, pick your poison. Who's going to win? What's the score? Uh, Toronto. Uh, Toronto will win. I mean, it'll be a low-scoring game. I'll say it's 
38. I think Sonny's going to struggle against Bronco's defense. I think he's going to be in for a long day. Okay, William, what do you got there, buddy? There's no way you can pick well, Saskatchewan. Well, but I, I'm trying to catch up on points, but I'm, I've been trying to, I've been trying to angle away where I can take Saskatchewan. I never take Saskatchewan, regardless if they're good or not. And they're not winning anything with this fines guy. So, no. Toronto 40. Toronto 41. Toronto 41. Okay. Charles? Uh, I watched this guy for the first time in front of me last week, and with all due respect, uh, I just can't be see the beat Saskatchewan. I just don't think Nathan Fine is good enough. I really don't. Uh, the I just see Toronto is better in pretty much every way here. So I, I'd love to see Toronto lose. To the, with like you, I'd love to see them lose and kind of be brought down to earth a little bit. But I, I just can't see it being this week. Toronto forty-five. Forty-five. Okay, I can do that. Uh, I'm going to take the Toronto Argonauts, and I'm going to go 52. Um, It's a stupid schedule for me. It's the fact that BC had an absolute shit game against Toronto. Vernon Adams throws six picks, and we get beat by the Argos, which we shouldn't have. We were definitely the favorite team. We are the definitely, BC was definitely the better team, uh, just not in that game, that one game. And the schedule doesn't allow us any retribution or, or, you know, because we only play Toronto once this year. How do you only play a a team once? It's totally unacceptable in the 19 league, 18 games, that you only play a team once. It's, It's stupid. So there's no way, there's no no recourse to this action. You can claim the Toronto Argonauts are the better team this entire season, and nobody can argue with you because you can't prove it otherwise. I hate the fucking schedule. Anyhow, uh, so let's go back. That 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 was my Toronto. That's why I don't want I want Saskatchewan to win. Anyhow, BC is playing in Edmonton. Edmonton is about to now I'm not going to say they're about to. I'm going to say that there's a possibility that Edmonton will now break the all-time consecutive home loss streak in any professional sport. The record right now is 20. They are tied at 20 with them. If they lose this week to the BC Lions, it will be 21. They will set a new world record. That is not something to be proud of. There's no way in hell that anybody is going to pick the Edmonton Elks to beat the BC Lions. Buddy, I, I, I just don't see any sane person doing that. So I'm going to take BC 
No doubt about that. Let's talk about scores after. Toronto or uh, Charles, what are you going to take here? BC, Edmonton. I'm going to write BC down because that's who you're going to pick. But what's your score? Well, right now, no matter who Edmonton was picking, I'd pick the other team. Edmonton uh, sucks. BC's a good team. They got a backup. But you know what? Yeah, picking BC, uh, 49 points. William, BC or Edmonton? Dane Evans or uh, Taylor Cornelius? You don't know how much I want to pick Edmonton. <laughs> I'm in the same boat. <laughs> I want to but, go back. But, but, but I just I think a pick on Edmonton is a wasted pick, okay? Unless, unless, unless Dane Evans falls down the stairs on the airplane going to Edmonton and breaks his legs. Um... And at the same time, and at the same time, half BC's defensive line gets food poisoning. Maybe, maybe. Um, I'm gonna say BC forty-one. <laughs> okay, Rudy. BC forty-seven. I don't want to talk myself into doing something stupid, so I said it quick. BC 47. BC 56. But I think Edmonton's defense, Edmonton's defense will play well. That could be the only thing that will keep it close. I'm taking the BC Lions. They'll probably play well for the first half and get tired. Okay. Last game is the Calgary Stampeders into Montreal to play the Alouettes. This is not a shoe-in. There's no, I don't know, I can't honestly say that there's any favorites here. Let's go over to Sparky's numbers and see what this is, eh? Okay, DraftKings picked Ottawa, Toronto, BC. Uh, Ottawa by 3.5, Toronto by 10.5, BC by 9. They're taking Montreal by two and a half with the over-under at 47. Um, the CFL Pickhams took oh, Ottawa man. 82, Toronto 85, BC 93, and the Pickham trend has Montreal at 51. So it's a flip of the coin right across the board on everything here on this game. It could go either way any reason. William, I'm going to let you go first. Calgary or Montreal? No, I want to go last. Why? Because. Okay. Um, I'm going to take the Calgary Stampeders and I'm going with 48 points. CJ is going first. That's my pick. Rudy, you go next. I think Calgary's a better team. I think Calgary 45. Charles. Uh, this one I've been going back and forth on. 
for quite a while because I, I also see this as a pop-up or a pop-up toss-up. I just think Calgary is just a little bit better than Montreal, so I'm going to go Calgary um, 47. Calgary 47. Okay. Uh, William? Montreal 41. Montreal. Did you hear me? Forty-one. Forty-one. If it wasn't, Sorry. if it's not Patty. Okay. I had to turn my TV that down. I apologize. Thank you. Montreal forty-one. Okay, so the are in the bag. Put them away. Hopefully Sparky caught all of those. I've got them in the drawer. If he gets, he'll just listen to it over and over and over again until he gets it right. Hopefully he gets it right. Hopefully we will pick 41 on all his games this week. Oh, like by, last by, the way, if, by the way, okay. one of the things you guys don't realize, you know one of the things you guys don't realize? Calgary could, be, uh, Calgary could be chasing uh, Edmonton because... They've lost all three home games this year. <laughs> In Calgary. Yeah. Yes. Well, four and two. When does right that now, ever happen? Three. And I will take Jake Mayer any day of the week over Mason Fine. So, you 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 got to have some some hope and some promise there. Yeah, but he's not playing Nathan Fine. He's playing Cody Fajardo. So <laughs> I take Mason Fine over Cody Fajardo. Obviously, the rough fighter is there too because Fine's still there and Fajardo's gone. Calgary yeah, but, notoriously plays for Charles, Montreal. That's not right. That that's not right. They didn't take Mason Fine over Cody Fajardo. They took Trevor Harris over Cody Fajardo, and Trevor Harris is now injured. Fair enough. Yeah. I just try so to you got to be joke. careful. With it. It, it it sounds good, but I don't think it's reality. I don't think that if it push came to shove, that Cody Fajardo. Mason Fine would beat out Cody Fajardo. I don't think that would happen. No, he's not like I don't like Well, hold on. The reason I picked Montreal, there's a reason I picked Montreal. Would you you like another reason? Because I don't want to get fucking disappointed beyond disappointed when Cody Fajardo and Jason Moss beats my Calgary Stampeders, okay? So if I say it now, maybe, yeah, whatever. doesn't matter. I, I just, like, whatever. Okay, I, I, I can appreciate that, okay? we got 30 minutes left in this show. We've just been talking about the game. Oh, and around and around and around in the circle. Okay, so let's uh, let's go up and talk to some. Calgary Stampeders announced on Tuesday that they have reacquired American defensive lineman Jagarit Davis sending the sixth-round pick in 2024 CFL draft to Hamilton Tiger Cats exchange for the seven-year vet. 
They got a bag of hammer handles for Jagarin Davis. <laughs> and <laughs> sixth round draft. Now, the minute I heard this, the first thing that came to my mind is Calgary's going to the Grey Cup because that's all Jagarin Davis knows how to do. And we know that he wasn't going to go there in Hamilton, so he must have been jumping up and down looking for a trade. Um, going to the Stampeders, it's an interesting trade. Jagger Davis is, is the anomaly, 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 anomaly thing. Yes. Thank you. Um, with the Calgary Stampeders, because when the Calgary Stampeders find a nugget and he turns into a superstar and Calgary loses him for the, 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 the arrogant reason that they're not going to pay him what he's worth, uh, and he goes somewhere else. And usually that person does not perform to the same level of efficiency that he did in Calgary. That's not the case with Jagger Davis. He has gone off and he's performed to the utmost degree everywhere he's been. So it's the one that breaks the, the mold on the Calgary system concept that we've always talked about. That is it the player or is it the system? Well, this time it was the player. He's come back to the system. Does this make him a superstar potential, potential superstar? I don't know. It would be interesting to see whether he fits right in and, and plays football and comes to the ball. Uh, yeah. Uh, I was just thinking of something. Ballers. Do you remember Ballers? Yep. The Rock. Wasn't that a good was – yeah. it was kind of an interesting show. Um. Is it still on? Did it get canceled? No, I think it's on now. But the story is floating around, and if it goes public, he'll have to finish his career in Saskatchewan. Have you ever been to Saskatchewan? No, I haven't. Fucking blow One of the best lines ever for the CFL. Okay. Um, Can I quickly chime in here? I was just going to say, I have to leave for about five minutes. I have to leave for about okay. five minutes and then come back. So I got, I, are you, you going to be on hold? So, uh, uh, no, to call I'll, back. I have to make a call. Yeah, I'll call, call you back. I'll message you when I want you to call me back. I'll only be a couple minutes. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Yeah. Yeah, bye. Okay. Uh, William, talk to me about Jaguar Davis coming to Calgary. Are you happy well, about this? Uh, well, it's Good thing. Um, make I, a difference. You're going to be Montreal. It was all of a sudden, and he was a healthy scratch for the last Hamilton game. Are you still there? Yeah, Hello. I'm here. Go ahead. Okay. Sorry. He was a healthy scratch for the last Hamilton game. So I'm thinking there might be some problems with him, as in. He doesn't like being in Hamilton because there is a reason he went to Toronto the year before. So, you know what? Uh, Ja'Garrett Davis always brings energy wherever he goes. He was a great player in Calgary for three years. I know he's three or four years older. Um, 
of course, one of my one of my favorite Jagarrett Davis highlights was when he when he knocked down a Matt Nichols pass, caught it and ran it in for a touchdown. Okay, now there's a defensive end for you. Um, so I'm excited. I I was very disappointed when we didn't re-sign him three or four years ago, and I like him as a player. And uh, hey, let's see, because I mean the reason they traded for him is because uh, in uh, Vaunters is out for the year. He's got a torn bicep as of Sunday. So that's the main I, reason I'm, they brought I'm him sorry, in. I can't say that they traded for him. Sorry? They didn't trade for him. Hamilton just gave him to Calgary. Well, no, technically, technically it was They got trade. a sixth round draft pick for him. Yeah, we have but no value but, okay, in the draft so, pick. So, Never mind. So, so I think there's something going on in Hamilton right now because they have not played very well. They've spent a truckload of money on their defense and yep. their defense is not that good. So one of the guys was Jared Davis, so they got rid of him. The, I, I was just going to, since we're talking about defensive ends, let's bring up another point uh, as far as the Montreal-Calgary game. Guess whose first game it is in Montreal that day? First game in Montreal is going to be Sean Lemon's first game against his ex-team Calgary. And we'll see how motivated he is. <laughs> that should be fun to watch. But, yeah, yeah. you know what? Jagarrett Davis, Davis was supposed to come to town today. He's, his plane was arriving today, apparently, and they figure he'll be on the lineup on Sunday. So, we'll see. Okay, has, has Hamilton given up on the season? Maybe. Like, like, I mean, you need depth. I mean, you're giving away depth and you're getting nothing back. Correct. So, how does that improve them? Like, for the second half, how you're does dump, that improve you're anything? Dumping, that you're dumping salary. That's what you're doing. You're dumping you're dump salary. Out. Yeah, but when has Bob Young cared about? But when has Bob Young cared about salary? That guy's lost so much money on the Tiger Cats. I mean, I think it's past the point that it, like, so he much cares that anymore. They they realize that yeah. they're not going to win breakup, so they're trying to get back under the salary cap, so it doesn't look like they were cheating. Be, you know what? The East is. I would never give up. If I played in the East, I wouldn't give up until you're honestly. Three and fifteen, or three and thirteen, with two games left. I mean, there seems to be always a team that sneaks in. I think I would have at least given the old college try till game fourteen. I mean, I did just get lucky for for a couple games. And look at Toronto last year; they got beat by thirty in Calgary in late October. Like, how does a team lose by thirty points to, to a, you know? an average Calgary team, and then go on to win a championship. So, but it is look, look, I, in saying that, it does look bleak. 44-3. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Only in the CFL. Right? I mean, BC destroyed them. Yeah. 
How does that happen? We do How does a team lose that badly? Charles, we're t- still talking about Jaguar Davis here. What are your thoughts on him? This is a, obviously a salary dump by Hamilton. Uh, the question is, have they given up on the season or are they just trying to get themselves back under the salary cap knowing that they're not going to get a great cup? They are two and four on the season, although um, the second place is only three and three, so they're only one game out of second place. They're only one game out of a home playoff position. I cannot see why you'd give up on the season at this point in time. They need to, I, to I, refocus. I, Obviously, there's a problem in the locker room. I still think there's a problem with Jagarrett Davis, to be honest with you. Physically? So, what you were talking about in the locker room. Yeah. Because, yeah. He's not happy. Maybe he just, I don't think maybe he just doesn't, think he's maybe he just doesn't fit anymore. Maybe he just doesn't fit anymore. And and he's also trying to keep his unblemished record and get to the breakup. But I don't think Calgary is the... But I was going to say, I don't think Calgary really gives them a better shot. Nope. But, hey, you know, maybe uh, maybe Calgary took him because BC wants Jagarrett uh, Davis to be opposite of, of the Canadian guy and have great pass rushers, and Calgary will trade them to BC for a roll of tape and a pair of socks. I don't know. That's kind of what they got, Hamilton got for him. That's true. So, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Okay. Um, Charles, what do you got to say about other, it? Sorry, I was going to say the other thing is Jagarrett Davis That's, is also he's also a different kind of cat. Apparently, he's not like a normal guy. Okay, so who knows? Define normal. Well, he's just he's 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 out there. Is all I'm going to say. He's eccentric. He is unique, individual. There you go. But he's an amazing football player. So you have to give him that. He's a great football player. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Now, can 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 we let Charles go? Because he needs to talk yeah, a little sorry. bit. Yeah, but Charles went Charles. away. So, so fuck Charles. Go ahead, Charles. Fair enough. Yeah. Nice to talk to you too, all. Um, yeah. Uh, Garrett <laughs> Davis. Yeah, it may have been a, uh, maybe a situation now where he's hit a bit of a wall. The guy over the last few years has been a stellar defensive player, but he has really done not much of anything this season in Hamilton. Uh, so really, maybe has he hit a wall? Is he losing a step? He has been there a lot of years, uh, but he seems to go to the Grey Cup every year. So maybe he'll be the good luck tar- charm that uh, – Calgary needs to turn their season around. I doubt it because I don't think uh, defensively is really where their um, their problem is. I think that, um, to be perfectly honest, uh, it is probably a bit of a salary dump by Hamilton. Um, and for Calgary, well, they're trying to do something. They're bringing people in because, uh, quite frankly, what they've been doing hasn't been doing. So 
I think it's a little bit of both teams feel that this is a uh, a way to um, um, improve one by adding on the field, one by subtracting off the field. So we'll have to wait and see, but uh, I think that's uh, a, a big part of it. Who got the better end of things? I'm going to say Calgary because I still think that uh, Jaguar Davis can still be uh, – He's probably not what he was, but I still think he can be as an effective player. Okay. So let's move on. What is next here on the agenda? Well, I lost it. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on. Where do we go? Uh, Al signed defensive lineman Sean Lemon. Well, we kind of talked about that. Uh He's been sitting on the sidelines since BC cut him very early on in the season. Um, and nobody seems to pick him up until Montreal did. Now this is week eight. So this is, you know, a third of the season is gone or more. Um, week seven would have been 21 weeks, so that's a third. So this is over a third of the season. Is Sean Lemon going to make an impact in Montreal? Is He is kind of on the elderly side of things. Uh, I was disappointed when BC let him go. I'm not disappointed with BC's defense, so I'm happy with what they're doing, and I really like Matthew Betts. Um, but Sean Lemon just brings things to a different level, and this cannot yeah, be a but- bad thing at all because they seriously need it to go to a different level. They seriously need something. Uh, Charles, you're up first on Sean. I like Sean Lennon a lot when he has had two stints, well, technically three, but two stints uh, with the Lions on the field, and I played well both times. I think he's a good defensive player. He is up there in years, and you got to think, he was the outstanding uh, defensive player in the West last year. Calgary didn't keep him. Lions signed him as a free agent. They didn't keep him. Nobody else has signed him this year. So is are the team saying, you know what, he's been a great player, but he's done? Um, maybe, but maybe uh, Montreal's taking a bit of a flyer with him to try and uh, see if he's got any gas left in the tank. So... This is a move that I think could go either way, but I honestly think um, why not at this point? He give him a try. If he doesn't work out, they'll just cut him like everybody else did. So uh, it's definitely a risk, but I think it's for Montreal. It's worth it's worth the gamble as far as I'm concerned. Okay, um, William. John Lemon's been in Calgary a couple of times. You like the guy. Yeah, no. You think it's going to make a difference for Montreal? I was disappointed Calgary didn't resign him this year because he was good last year. Um, but yeah. don't forget, guys, BC signed him, and they cut him because they brought in that ex-Canadian NFL guy. Who yeah. they ended up getting rid of. And then they sent him off to Hamilton right away, the shithead in the locker room, remember? So, 
Didn't Hamilton dump him? No, I think he's still in Hamilton. But that's not saying much because look at Hamilton. So, yeah. you know what I mean? So, well, I, I do. still think Sean will be effective. We'll see. And I mean, on Sunday against Calgary, he's going to be motivated, let me tell you. So, you know, and like I said, for the last four or five years, we've been talking about Sean Lemons getting old, and then he plays for Toronto, and Toronto trades him to BC, and then he plays for BC. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. There's a couple of Winnipeg guys that are staying as old, too, and they're still playing. Stanley Bryant. Yeah. And playing at a high level. Uh, well, we traded Charleston Hughes to Hamilton. We said he was old. Look how many more years he played. Yeah. So, anyways, go ahead, Rudy. Rudy, John Lemon. Uh, it'll help Montreal. I mean, they're not over. They don't have a lot of depth, so that has to help them. Now, can he stay healthy? You know, we've seen it how guys have had a bit of a haven't played in a bit, and they come out and get hurt. But I think he'll be uh, – and, yeah, if you're a Calgary fan, you're probably a little bit worried about the revenge factor this <laughs> this week coming up. Um, so, yeah, that's about it. We'll, we'll wait and see. Okay, well, that's Sean Lemon gone. Uh, the next on the agenda is past transition shows how CFL stat woes were avoidable. I think we've ranted on CFL stats enough, and I don't think this was avoidable other than just leave the fucking thing the way it was. So let's go see what Tom Landry had to say about week seven. <coughs> don't call it a crumbback. Uh, I, I'm really kind of at a loss as to why this guy has come to national status because he's won three games. But uh, I guess when you lose a non-stop and somebody turns the ship around, he's going to be a bit of a hero. But anyhow... Ottawa has now won two games in a row, and that's three of the last four games that they've got uh, after dropping the first two in the season. It's uh, definitely been a huge turnaround, uh, no shortage because of their their quarterback. But it's not because he's an absolutely amazing quarterback. He's not a um, Zach Caleros. He's not – and I don't even want to use the term – Vernon Adams, but he's probably the second best in the CFL right now. Uh, He's not of that caliber. He's the young quarterback that takes the ball and runs. And we all know that that's what the young quarterbacks do because they don't know how to play football. They don't know how to read the defenses. They don't know how to manage the game the way that they're supposed to do. These are all traits that need to be learned. And he's young, so he tucks the ball and runs like snot. And it, it's very difficult to take care of a quarterback like that. And as Will said earlier, why did they not have somebody spying on him since the beginning of the game? Because we all know what he's going to do. He's going to tuck the ball and run. 
So why don't you have a linebacker following him no matter what? That's a coaching thing in Calgary that we were talking about earlier. Uh, Once defensive coordinators get a handle on what Crum's doing, you think it's going to be change the direction of the Ottawa Red Blacks? You think they're not going to be as successful as they're looking like they're going to be? Or are they... uh, they're just not that good a football team, and it doesn't really matter. What's your thoughts on that, William? Sorry, did you say I don't? What was the question? I didn't quite hear you were muffled. My question Hello? is: Is going to make being an impact player for Ottawa for the remainder of the season? Or is it just because he's a young quarterback that runs and is defensive coordinators going to be able to shut him down? You know what? He can. I, I watched him quite a bit on Sunday, of course, and he can throw the ball as well. But he is, he is deceptively fast, okay? Because I watched guys chasing him on, uh, on Sunday – and uh, he was beating guys left and right. So this guy is actually pretty. And I mean, once again, I don't like to bring this up, but where'd you go? In overtime, in overtime in the Bomber game, he made the Bombers defense look like a bunch of fucking pylons. So, so I think they got something there. The quarterback they've been looking for is found. But it's only two games, so we'll see. Let's see if he continues on. Yeah. There's nothing like of a young guy who thinks he's a superstar, right? And confidence can take you a long way. I understand Ottawa fans being overly excited about him and his play and what the team's done because they were so dreadful before. Uh, anything well, they haven't had a they haven't had a decent quarterback since Henry Burris. So, just my opinion, but... So... Okay, Charles. Guys, got to learn your mic mute buttons better. We're, we're doing a new thing. Mute everybody's talk while they're not talking so that we don't have background noise and we we look a little bit more of a professional podcast, but we're not looking professional if we don't turn our button back on. My mistake. I know. Well, I mean... It's okay. Look, Crum has played pretty well the first last couple of games, uh, but again, it seems nowadays that a guy has one or two good games and he's anointed the next one. We've seen guys come in and have one, two, three, or four good games, have good seasons, mind you. And then the next year he collapses, and he's never the same again. See Casey Clinton. Um Crumb's been good, but uh, you know what? This is a quarterback that nobody really has film on except for a game or two. Let's see if four or five games from now he's still having the same success. If he is, good on him. If not, people have figured him out. 
the Bombers really gave the fans the blueprint uh, of what not to do against this guy because he ran all over the Bombers. And so the next week they played the Stamps. What did he do? He runs all over the Stamps. So obviously they weren't paying attention. And like CJ says, that comes down to coaching. They should have been better ready for that. So, um, yeah, it's um, – uh, I want to see the guy, he's not all running. You can't say he's all running because he did pass for like 260 yards and I think two or three touchdowns in the last game. So he he has a pretty good passing ability, but I think it needs to get a bit better. And I think he needs to rely on the run less because um, eventually that is going to get figured out. He's not going to be able to run like that every game. Teams are going to, Figure out ways to stop that. So, so and uh, you got you can't be uh, just jumping up and down over every little uh, guy who has a game or two of good play. You got let let him play a full season with good play before we're starting to get excited about him. Hell, Taylor Cornelius had a couple of good games last year. Look how that is right now. Okay, Rudy. Well, I, I'm I'm more in the wait and see. I think uh, he's done some good things the last two or three games, but uh, you know, like Calgary not watching film on him is uh, ridiculous because I figured Calgary is going to have a, a lot of success against them. But you know what? He can throw the football in the second half of the season and then mix in the run. Yeah, we might have a, a, a solid star quarterback in the making, but I'm not going to anoint him a superstar yet. I'm going to, I'm going to wait and see. So, and and this week against Hamilton is not the game to. I mean, he's going to probably have a field day against Hamilton. So, we'll see in the second half when he plays some West teams if they play any more West teams. I don't know, they only played two or three games against the West Ottawa. I'm not sure what the CFL schedule makes. Well, done. Ottawa's next against uh, Saskatchewan. <laughs> All right. In well, week nine. Is that in Saskatchewan or Ottawa? In, in Saskatchewan, and then they're in Toronto to play the Argos. So they've got two All games right, so there. I think challenging for them. Yeah, I, I agree. But in Saskatchewan, the young quarterback, that'll be yeah, two games. After that, I think we can we'll have our answer. Yeah, excellent, excellent, excellent. So going down this list of uh, what Tom Landry has to say, I'm just kind of looking at the uh, watching the time here, making sure we don't run out of things uh, going on. Something wicked comes this way, two in a row in Ottawa. That's a good thing. Nate Bahar playing good football. Refrigerator doesn't goes over there, fellas. So I want Brady Oliveira and AJ Ule on my crew on moving day. This is Tom Landry talking about. No one else, nobody else, just those two guys. Okay, well, not a bad pick. These are two running backs that are running over the league at this point in time. So we'll see what's going on there. Definitely in freight train mode. Uh, they're all growing up right now. This is the one that I kind of looked at and, and said, hey, this kind of makes sense. BC Lions defense has been together. There, This is the first line of this. We have a definitive answer as to why the BC Lions defense is so relentless, 
so efficient, so ruthless, so brutal, is their family men. They've all grown up together, playing football together, but now they're all married with kids and family, and they have a responsibility, and they now have to take their football more seriously because somebody is knocking at the door trying to take their job, and they have mortgage payments to make. So these guys are now playing considerably better football because they are no longer little boys but men, and men are playing football for passionately, and that's the take on this. I don't necessarily disagree with that. Uh, It has a lot of merit. So uh, we're going to leave that one alone. Uh, Edmonton Elks, they're talking about sticking in the – doesn't matter. We're not even going to talk about the Elks. We've done that. Uh, Takeaways, uh, hard to take away. Hamilton quarterback Taylor Powell, head coach Orlando Steiner, perfectly personified – Those moments where I stare at my keyboard praying for some kind of inspiration, like right now, nothing happens. He just, he he just, there's a void between his ears. And I just didn't understand what he he came up and said podium afterwards. He was asked um, the ways were from his first start. He scrunched up his face a bit, then drummed his fingers on the podium. Then he scratched his chin and he let out a big sigh. Maybe take, taking off more. I don't know. I'm sure Tommy Condell's going to have a bunch of stuff for me to improve on, which I want. I want to be great in this league. Wow. He just had so much to say all at one time. Okay, anyhow, that's uh, kind of all everything from the Tom Landry takeaways and uh, – we're a minute and a half left in the show, so we're going to sign off now. This has been Let's Talk CFL podcast episode number 540. I've been your host, Christopher Jones. We got to talk to some football. I'm a little tired right now. I got to get up at 3 in the morning. So I'm going to get to bed real quick. Uh, we'll let everybody sign off. Uh, Rudy, go ahead. Good night, everyone. Enjoy the game this weekend. A lot to say. Charles, go ahead. It's the three in the morning now. Good night, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, enjoy this weekend's games, and we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, I have to be up on the, the block at 5 o'clock. So, yeah, I have to get up at 3. Pretty shitty. William. That sucks. Um, good night, everyone. Good night, everybody. Watch football this weekend. Okay, you know what I'm going to say. Go, Al's go. And if you want to talk to me in the morning, if you want to talk to me in the morning, Christopher, I'm at the gym at three in the morning. So come on by, man. Call yeah. me. I'll be there. You're not talking. Later, you're working out. It's dark out then. We shouldn't be up. There's problems with that. 